The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about how to love and support Moms in Transition. My guest today is Tara Farajian. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and she's been in private practice with over 10 years of experience. She graduated from the University of California, Santa Barbara, with a Bachelor's of Arts in Sociology and Spanish. Tara received her master's degree in social work with an emphasis on multicultural concentration in children, youth, and families from California State University, Long Beach, and is licensed by the Board of Behavioral Sciences. She is also a member of Postpartum Support International. Welcome, Tara. Thank you so much, Dr. Senecola. I'm so glad that you're with us today. I think, you know, this topic is one that's really important for, for us to talk about, and yet we don't hear a lot about it. So I was wondering if you could um, start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this particular specialty. Okay. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. And, and I completely agree. I think the, um, the information out there sometimes can be limited and it's often not spoke of. So I really am grateful for this opportunity to bring some more, um, some more light on this topic. So It's my pleasure. Thank you. So this this topic is um, something that I kind of grew into. I I always knew I wanted to work with children and families, um, and did so mainly through the nonprofit sector um, in the early part of my postgraduate um, process, and working with families uh, over the years in different many different situations, different stressors that families were experiencing. One very common thing that I learned and then later experienced is that the mother often tends to be the center of the family. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, do, do you see that as well? You know, I often say that the mom is like the hub of the wheel, Okay. And so mm-hmm. it, whatever mom is going through, and certainly if mom gets better, if mom's needs are met, everybody's needs get met. Yes. Okay, so exactly. That's, and, you know, it took me through my personal research um, as well to kind of just confirm that. And I know that there are many different family systems, and um, sometimes there isn't a mother or a biological mother involved in raising children, but there is a point person Right. Um, and, and most oftenly the mom um, or identified mom in the family system that sets um, a tone and a rhythm to the family. And like you said, if that person is not getting that support, is not getting um, some of those personal basic needs met, it ripples out into the family. Um, and And I think... My turning point was definitely learning that through my personal experience um, with my first um, son, who is now 11, mm. and he was a colicky baby. Um, oh, which that is hard that time, to deal with. <laughs> yeah, so it was just basically, the doctor said, you know, it's just unconsolable crying, and we don't know why. So... It was the first three months were pretty intense in that, and um, I struggled with breastfeeding. 
Um, and I had to get a lactation consultant to really help guide me and help me through that. Um, and my husband traveled uh, with work. And I was one of the first of my friends in coming from my career, going into motherhood. I was often home alone with baby. Oh, dear. With a colicky baby that wasn't yeah. feeding well. <laughs> Bless your <Yeah>. heart. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about humbling moments in my life, you know, yeah. regardless of my degrees, my education, um, my experiences, nothing, I don't think, prepared me for that moment. Um, and my son continues to humble me, <laughs> as well as my daughter, <laughs> in my learning curves, but... Um, I think that experience um, in itself really made me even more passionate for those families and babies that are going through that transition of motherhood, whether it's the first, second, third pregnancy, um, and just knowing that every pregnancy is different, but that the essential need is really support. And the hard part is knowing when you need to access that support and your ability to ask for support. Very, it's, it may sound so basic, but I'll tell you in those moments, it was so hard for me. Right. So, um, I, mean, I think that's, yeah. that's what so many of us find out and so many moms need sometimes is help with things that sound so basic, but they don't feel so basic if you've had no experience, no training, and no help. No. No, it's everybody is kind of a novice, no matter what your background, you know, whether your doctorates or, you know, working with children in your own personal profession when it's your baby and you're going through that, your your physical um, changes in your body, um, situational changes, um, and I'd love to kind of go through some of the risk factors and other signs and symptoms. But it's you just um, when you're in it, it's it's like being in the fog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to identify some of those things you may experience as you know they may indeed be risk factors but you're not thinking in a way you can identify them as such exactly exactly when you're in the fog it's hard to assess yourself right absolutely and even even if you're not in a fog it is really hard to see the picture when you're in the frame nice i love that analogy yeah yeah it's true exactly Exactly. So can you share with us what some of those risk factors might be? Definitely. Okay. And and one thing I just would like to preface is that, you know, there is no, um, whether it's income, ethnicity, um, you know, age, there, this goes across the gamut of individuals. So, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, this ethnic group is really at high risk. Um, You know, the bottom line is everybody needs to really kind of look at these risk factors and Mm -hmm. see where you fall, um, regardless of demographics. Right. So some of the um, medical um, and psychiatric risk factors Um, are just family history of mood disorders um, or other mental illness, such as just depression, anxiety. Um, If there are any histories um, of trauma or loss, especially the loss of a mother. Mm. Um, And, you know, our generation, you know, we are waiting longer to have children. And so a lot of times... Our parents, when we're getting, you know, looking at pregnancy, our parents are further along in their life. And we have a lot of times that juxtaposition of loss of someone during pregnancy. And and that's a high, that puts you at a high risk there. Um, Difficulty or high-risk pregnancy. So if you have, you know, diabetes or preeclampsia, things like that, that also... Um, increases your risk. High stress levels. Um, if it's an unplanned pregnancy, um, 
any history of birth trauma or complications or your actual delivery, you've had a trauma or complication and now you are caring for this newborn as well as coming out of a trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Medical problems, if you're aware that your, your baby may have special needs or is ill in the NICU, needing extra medical attention. The, the fussy baby, which is also the colicky baby, mm-hmm. um, may have a strong temperament. Um, if there's any substance abuse, history of perinatal loss, um, infant death, or history of infertility, um, those are the medical and psychiatric risk factors. So if there are listeners out there, just just keep keep a pen and pencil and see where you fall. Um, and if, you know, this is also a lot of this, I'm going to give some resources where you can do kind of your own assessment or if you know someone who's struggling, you can um, connect them as well to some resources. That would be great. And I think, you know, we were talking about risk factors, but we didn't exactly say risk factors for what. So I know, right? That, those in itself, no matter what you're doing, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I are you talking about risk factors really primarily for uh, postpartum mood disorders or, or that's or just yes, in general? Is, right. These are all specific to perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, which okay. The reason why we, we've changed the name to perinatal mood and anxiety disorders is that often people would say just postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And, and we found that with really great research that symptoms actually can be identified through the perinatal um, process. So even if you're trying to become pregnant, um, you may start showing signs once you are pregnant Mm-hmm. You can find symptoms, and then as well, that first year after postpartum, as well, you can, these these are the signs that you would mm-hmm. see. So the perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, that term is able to kind of encompass the entire perinatal process, mm-hmm. and, and, and we know that the sooner you access support, the better your outcomes. Um, and we, you know, so that's why if you even are considering pregnancy and you know you are kind of predisposed to any of those risk factors, you know, it's a great time to start accessing support. Um, and even just um, sort of building a team, kind of a just-in-case yeah. team, you know, yeah. that I think it, it would be a good idea for um, expectant moms to come in maybe and just schedule a consult with someone like yourself to say, here's where I am, here's what I'm experiencing. You know, let's make sure this is a good fit in case I need you. Yes, I love that. I mean, you know, support is the bottom line. And and what it is for every woman and family is really looking at what support feels best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you're saying, sometimes individual is great. Sometimes it's a group. Um, sometimes it's just those friends and family and saying, you know, I want to keep you attuned to my journey in this process. So even I just want to let you know I'm trying to become pregnant and I feel comfortable to tell you that because whether the pregnancy, you know, progresses whether it, there's a loss along the way, I would want you to know um, my entire process because I have that trust with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and sort of things to watch out for and things to, you know, sometimes I think that the best supports for moms are other moms who yes. are able to be close by and sort of have hands-on um, and who can understand and answer some of the questions, because so many new moms have questions about, am I normal? Is this normal? Should I be feeling this or that? And, and you know, if they just have someone close by who can reach out and spend just a few minutes with them, it can make all the difference. I completely agree. And, and I, um, I run the free support group, at Long Beach Memorial Hospital mm-hmm. in Long Beach. And that's for, you know, moms and partners that have 
newborns in arms, so mm-hmm. pre-crawling. And I say almost to a T, <laughs> what you just said is that there is almost there's a certain power of feeling understood by someone who's going through something similar at the same time. And I think sometimes people feel stupid, like they'll feel stupid scheduling an appointment with me, for instance, to ask a simple question. Or, you know, and it's, of course, it's not stupid, but they feel that way and enough so that they'll stay back. When, you know, even just a, a simple phone call could clear it up, maybe, but they don't feel confident. And so being able to take that extra step and meet with with a group, as you're describing, I think is so powerful. I think it's, and it's just, I think the connection, you know, as a group facilitator, the ideal is always for me to kind of fade out and watch the families just connect with each other. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the validation that they get from one another to, to know what those sleepless nights are like, to know, like, you know, does that poopy diaper look different than this? You know, did you ever have this? Right. And and the breastfeeding component, um, we at the Long Beach Memorial, we also have a lactation consultant come in. Mm-hmm. So moms that are just have questions, maybe they are breastfeeding. Maybe there are moms, you know, just, just deciding whether they want to continue with breastfeeding. Um, or so even really- if they, yeah. A lot of really great resources there that maybe we can continue to talk about. We need to take a short break. So we're going to go to commercial and we'll be right back with my guest, Tara Faragian. Be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking today with my guest, Tara Farajian, and she is educating us about um, needs for the new mom and moms in transition and how we can all help support our new moms. And, um, you know, she's teaching about some of the risk factors for mood disorders. And um, I think... You know, one of the things, Tara, I'm particularly interested in is just understanding really the pressures that are on, I think, all new moms in today's world. They're, 
you know, they're expected to do so much and, you know, there's not much support available like there used to be. I think that's a wonderful point. Um, and if I, I know right before commercial break, I didn't get to finish all the uh, risk factors. Uh-huh. So if it's okay if I just go through a few more, so if those tuned in, if you could just be aware of friends, family, or yourself that, you know, maybe um, maybe candidates or high risk for perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went through some of the medical and psychiatric risk factors, but there are also just some social risk factors, which I think will also be a great segue into exactly what you're talking about um, in terms of just the current status of our generation. That's- That sounds great. So the social risk factors um, are basically conflict with your husband or partner, um, those those levels of stressors in your relationship. If there is any intimate partner violence um, or domestic violence, you know, if there is homelessness, limited social support, um, financial hardship, and just relational stress um, in in relationships in that person's life, um, whether it's the partner or not, those put just higher risks. Um, and then there are some populations that are at a higher risk just due to the stressors that come with these groups, um, and that's adoptive families um, mm-hmm. that become kind of instant families when you adopt. Uh, a little one, mm-hmm. um, recent immigrants, you know, adjusting to a new country, military families are really high risk. Um, you know, military life is often um, temporary or moving and partner maybe not present. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's also LGBTQI families, that's your lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, questioning um, mm-hmm. families, single parents, um, and teen parents. And in one part, too, some of the recent research shows that, I know we focus a lot on mom, but research is showing that partners often will have similar statistics. So if, if mom or primary is is showing signs of perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, there's a really high likelihood that partner is also um, struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah. they're, they're, the partner is going to feel the stress of all the changes and the adaptation as well. Exactly, exactly. It's a family system, so everyone is impacted. Um, and sometimes male partners, a lot of times their presentation um, of emotion may be more, and this is somewhat stereotypical, but is very common enough to, I say, to comment on is males often show um, PMAD or perinatal mood and anxiety disorder in the form of more irritability, Mm -hmm. frustration, um, even anger. Right. Um, I think there's there's an old saying, and it is stereotypic, but it's often true that if, if a man is is angry, he acts angry. And if he's sad, he acts angry. And if he's <laughs> worried, he acts angry. <laughs> you know, so yes. I think that that, yeah. you know, that that most men are socialized that, well, that feeling's okay. You got a, a repertoire of one that you can show. Yeah. <laughs> you can show that? Okay. Yeah. So. True, true. So. I think now I'd love to segue too, as we kind of and it's moving in that direction is looking at like you're saying um, this the our generation right now um, of of families bringing little ones into the world um, and and the mother particularly um, and whether it's same sex couples you know the the dyad the couple and how um, Everyone is kind of expected, especially moms, to do everything, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we're now, um, statistically, we're more likely to be formally educated, so we are in our careers, and then we juggle 
motherhood along with career. Um, and we also may be caretakers for our parents um, at the same time. And finding in that kind of multiplicity of pressures some kind of balance, <laughs> if there is such a thing. Um, and and I, I, I don't know if there even is such a thing in the first, at least the first six months when the baby yeah. comes home. You know, balance, you know, mm-hmm. you're lucky. You want to get, get up, get showered, get dressed, <laughs> and do those what are, you And those are do. privileges, they feel, right, that, to shower. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I just think there are enormous pressures on new moms to just, you know, whatever it is, just deal with it, get a babysitter and get back to work. And that's not right. You know, that is not fair to anybody because, you know, the, the mom needs support. The mom needs help in the transition. I mean, just physically what, what she's been through is a challenge to deal with, at least for most moms. And then, Socially, emotionally, I mean, it takes time. And certainly the baby, the baby and the family need to get to know one another. And you can't do that if you're not there. Right, right. Well, and I also for, you know, the moms that are working at home with the baby, you know, that's the full-time job at home. Um, You know, I have moms sometimes that are coming from career They're now, you know, staying home, whether it's for their maternity leave or full-time. And they'll say, you know, I don't feel like I'm achieving anything. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm home all day. I'm changing diapers. I'm feeding. I look around the house, and there's dishes, and there's laundry. And my partner comes home and says, so what did you do today? Mm -hmm. And mom feels like she did nothing and and I really challenge that perspective because especially as I'm sure Dr. Senecole you'll say is that you know that early attachment and bonding with baby is Mm -hmm. uh, it's more than priceless it It is is. the most important thing to be able to respond to baby to hold baby Mm-hmm. To meet baby's needs is building that first level of trust and attachment, right. which is the foundation for that little baby's entire life. Right. And there's nothing that's more important than that. Nothing. Who cares so, about the dishes and, and helping women get to that point where they can see that is, is often a challenge, I think. And helping yes. the partners get to the point where they can see that. Even more so. It's the shifting of, you know, priorities and expectations as a, as a couple and for the individual, you know, I know we're speaking mainly the mother, is knowing that if you are attending to that baby all day, that you can't put a price on it, you can't put a numerical value to it, but we can tell you that you are doing the most important job on making this world a better place by giving that little one that attention and connection. It will allow that baby to become an adult that can trust others, connect with others, have healthy relationships in their future, um, and so on and so forth. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's priceless. It really is. It really is. And and I know that, that it's hard for people to see sometimes because, you know, you do look around, you see the laundry's not done, the dishes are a mess, you know, but it really doesn't matter because the dishes can be done anytime. And that yeah. early period, there's no do-over. Yeah, no. Well, there are, you know, there are therapists that specialize in reattachment and ways, but it is very difficult to try to recreate that beginning. Right, and um, usually by the time you know that you need that work, chaos has been experienced all, right. all in all the relationships. So if it's preventable, that's ideal. Yes. Yes, so I think, and you know, the breastfeeding right now too, and, and I have 
tremendous admiration to all the lactation consultants and lactation educators that really are supporting moms' families um, in the breastfeeding process. <clears throat> you know, it's just, it's a great way just to in- ensure attachment and bonding because that baby is going to be skin to skin with that mom, you know, a lot, particularly in the beginning. Um, but there's also a lot of pressure on moms to breastfeed right now, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, even I'd say 10 years ago was not as intensified. And some, for some moms, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not working. And right. you know, and there's no those, shame in that. Yes. I think that's important for moms to know and partners that, <clears throat> you know, there's, I always give that benefit that if any parent is trying to do the best they can for their child and making these decisions are the first of many of, you know, what what's going to be the best for my baby. And sometimes the breastfeeding um, and how it compromises sleep um, and mom's well-being, um, sometimes it just it doesn't always work out. And the main thing is still showing up for that baby. Right, right. There's so many different ways to do that. Exactly. I mean, it, it doesn't matter even if you're you're not breastfeeding, you're still holding the baby. Yeah. You know, the, the, you're still cuddling up and the baby still hears your heartbeat and feels your, your body next to them. And that's what's really critical. Yeah. Feeling safe and secure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, I, it's the toughest job you'll ever love. That's what I say. It's true. It, you know, and sometimes are, you don't love it, and that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I think moms feel that way, and then they're embarrassed by that. You know, yeah. they they have moments where they feel like, I don't want to be a mom today, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. You know, right. and again, that's that's normal. That's what we expect yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, so. you know, it, it's in very simplicity. Like any new job you get, there's a learning curve, Right. Right, And usually, you know, there's some graces given to that learning curve. Like, you know, oh, I just started, you know, I'm learning this. I give myself some time to acclimate to new new procedures, new, you know, protocols. But sometimes when we're moms, we just expect ourselves to just get it mm-hmm. right, right away. And, 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 we're, just... and we're told we will right. <laughs> sometimes. And, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but for, uh, you know, for moms who maybe, I see women who come in and they say, you know, I never held a baby before I brought my own baby home. Right. Um, or, you know, they had no experience at all with babies. So how are you supposed to just automatically know you've got this precious little being who's 100% dependent on you with you now and you've never held one before? You know, I think those kinds of things, you know, women really need help with and they need, you know, preferably another mom who can say, here's how we do this. Look, here's how we change this diaper. You know, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's... And someone who can do it with, you know, some sensitivity and grace and right. knowing that, you know, we as moms, we want to do our best. We are, and, and we, you know, wouldn't it be great if it just all came automatically, but it doesn't. It's, it's learning on the job, really. It's really learning <laughs> on the job, yeah. And and maybe there are some women who are fortunate enough to feel that it came naturally, but there's so many aspects like changing a diaper, feeding, everything, you know. I mean, just how do you know um, which diapers to purchase? I mean, there's just a million things that I I think it's... uh, I'm I'm sorry. Some trial and error, you know, has to occur. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. So... um, we just have a couple of minutes before our next break, so maybe we can start with the idea of really how to be an ally. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Well, I think, you know, part of it is just knowing that there are resources that you can, you know, if you have a friend or a family member or you yourself are thinking that you're at high risk or you're currently in a situation, um, you know, postpartum.net is a great resource and it has um, everything from just, you know, statistical information, um, which is sometimes just very validating to see, you know, that about 20% of moms um, and families experience postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. And we know that number is low because people Mm -hmm. are not shouting from the rooftops, I'm feeling sad and anxious right now or I'm Mm -hmm. depressed. So we know that that it's it's common. Um, In the baby blues, which is more transient and lasts, you know, maybe two weeks max, Mm -hmm. um, we know up to 80% of moms experience that. So just to normalize it a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, just knowing that if you're seeing someone or you yourself are experiencing this, that it is very common. Um, And there are even um, screening tools. Um, I use the Edinburgh, which is just a free, you can search Edinburgh and that it'll come up and you can do the quiz. Um, I encourage OB offices, even um, pediatrician offices to screen. Mm-hmm. And this is, you can do it prenatally um, as well as postpartum. And those are just easy ways to say, okay, yeah, no, I think, I am showing signs, and and I know there are resources out there. I can find um, a therapist. Um, right. I think that's really great to know that those resources exist for, for moms, and uh, maybe we can talk a few, little bit more about those when we come back from our next break. So we are visiting today with Tara Farajian, who's helping us understand how to help new moms. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak up, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Mark Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune into A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Are you happy with your financial life, or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're visiting today with Tara Farajian. She's a social worker who works with moms in transition and new moms. And Tara, I, I was, um, you know, as we were talking about the issues of, of uh, resources and being an ally for a new mom, one of the things that always worries me and I, I see occasionally in my office is how isolated new moms can become. Um, you know, that they're home by themselves and, and, you know, with this baby, they may even have a toddler or more children. One of, um, one of my, you know, examples is a few years ago, I was working with a lady who really needed to come see me, but she had five children under the age of eight and her husband worked at least a 12 hour day. Wow. yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and so I think you know that's maybe an extreme example, but even even if you've just got one or two kids, packing up a newborn and going someplace is a challenge. Yeah. It's yes. a lot of work. So Definitely. isolation. I, I worry about new moms and being isolated. I think that is. Uh, I think that's. One of the number one things to look for, um, because what often happens um, when you're feeling depressed or anxious is that you don't want to go out. You don't have the motivation to go out, and everything feels overwhelming. So even then, trying to get your newborn out with you, it's it's like you know climbing a mountain. So. Right. Being an ally or even being an ally to yourself if you're having those symptoms is to just start, like break it down, even if it is to go outside, even Mm -hmm. if it's to walk around the block, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just trying to break it down, you know, don't plan a trip to Disneyland, you know, Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. just incrementally kind of gradually start to break that isolation because we are not, we are social beings and we do not do well, no matter what, um, in isolation. That's why, you know, it's used as a form of punishment and torture because we break, we break down. Um, so you combine that with the very high likelihood of sleep deprivation, isolation, anybody, anybody is going to show signs of depression or anxiety. It's just, of course, yeah. It's stressful, right? That's it, it is, and it's not how we're meant to to live. Um, so, if you can be an ally to yourself and know that these are signs, if you are isolating yourself, if you have less motivation to do your normal activities, um, you're not answering the phone, you're not returning phone calls. Maybe you don't even want to answer the door, right? In, to break that cycle, call one person, you know, mm-hmm. even if you look at postpartum.net, there's a warm line where you can talk to somebody um, or leave a message and they will call you back and find somebody in your area to return your call and give you some resources. Um, oh, that's a the, great resource to, to know about. And is that nationwide? It must be nationwide? It is. It's international even. It's inter- Oh, great. So that's why I like to give the postpartum.net as the first resource because then they can connect you to resources more local to you um, and they can connect you to whether it's a therapist, a support group, um, resources. Um, there's resources for partners. Just there's, It's a great way to start. Um, you know, I'm located um, in the greater Los Angeles area. Um, So, you know, I can, you know, do some services, but, you know, my location may be limiting for many people. So that's why I love to um, give postpartum.net as a first Mm -hmm. resource. 
And you know, I I don't know if your what your license allows, and um, but in terms of using Skype or FaceTime, are you able to to visit with people using that platform? I I am. So as LCSW, my my basic understanding is as long as there aren't any really high risks, mm-hmm. you know, you know. We do have to assess for suicidality, um, and if there is, and and there are, you know, if you have postpartum mood and anxiety disorder, doesn't mean you're suicidal. And I like to clarify that because a lot of times people are afraid to say it because they're going to think, oh, they're going to think I'm going to hurt my child or I'm going to mm-hmm. hurt myself. That's perinatal. That's psychosis. Right. And it's like point one percent of of moms have that. And of course, the media will give a lot of advertisement to that when that happens. Right. And it is, I mean, it's devastating. Um, but it is a very small percentage. So um, knowing if you do not have signs of those kind of high-risk signs, you're mo- I am more allowed to then do like a Skype session mm-hmm. um, and so forth. Um, but some, you know, the face-to-face sometimes is really important, and there is a lot that you can read from a, a client face-to-face, you know. Right, just, that's, of course, what we, we all want to have, but, you know, sometimes we're having to to put together resources or kind of make do, as they used to say, when... Yeah when maybe a mom can't get out or, you know, baby gets sick or she's got a toddler at home that's sick and she just can't get out of the house. So I like to to use whatever we can if necessary. I completely agree. I I mean, I never want to turn away someone. And if I'm not that support, if it's not, I am committed to finding them a connection you know, mm-hmm. because it is important to know you're not alone. Right. You know, and, right. and that there are resources, this is common, and, and the best thing is that it gets better. It right. It gets better mm-hmm. with, with treatment and support. Don't, don't try to do it alone. You're, it's not meant to be done alone. Right, and the baby's yeah. not always going to be a newborn, <laughs> you know. No, no. Yeah. Every change is... A guarantee. Right, right, exactly, exactly. That's true, yes. Um, maybe um, you could spend just a, a brief bit of time talking about what treatment is available. Okay. So, like we were kind of talking about earlier, um, you know, individual, especially if symptoms are a little bit more pronounced, um, Usually the individual feels more comfortable, at least in a Mm -hmm. one-on-one versus a group. Not everybody, but sometimes if if this is a new experience and and you maybe just want to try to sort it out with yourself and one one other person before you enter a group, you know, individual therapy is is really a great resource. And it's kind of like, I like that analogy, Dr. Senecola, you were saying about um, being in the picture. Mm-hmm. Can you restate that so I don't... Yes, it's hard to see the frame when you're in the picture. Right. So exactly. So therapy, I feel, is like allowing the therapist to just be that mirror for you mm-hmm. when you can't see it. You're in it. And you just need someone to help you put some words, help understand and, and navigate something that is, it's almost feels indescribable. Right, and, right. And right? One of the things I like to make sure that people understand is even though it's their first trip down this road and it is very hard for, to articulate some of the struggles they're going through, it's not my first trip down the road. It's not yeah. your first, you, you know, it, it, it may be something that's new to them, but you may have seen it a hundred times. So you can make some guideposts for them. Yeah, definitely. And and, and hopefully, wanna, I'm sorry. Excuse, excuse me. I just want to make sure um, today, before we run out of time, I want to make sure that people do know how to c- 
uh, find you, Tara. And I want to thank you for the time you've shared with us today and make sure people know where to locate you if they want more information from you or want to contact you. Thank you. Okay, so my name is Tara Faragian, last name F-A-R-A-J-I-A-N as in Nancy. Um, My email is Tara Faragian, LCSW, at gmail.com. Um, I have um, a website called Transitions in Motherhood. My colleague, Emma Santizo, and I created um, the private practice Transitions in Motherhood, and our website is TI Motherhood. Um, and my, my cell phone is 562 650 0474 and I I love to if you have any questions concerns to speak with you and connect you to the resources that may help your journey um, and, and you're also to, bilingual is that correct yes I am oh, great. I speak Spanish Spanish and English great great I think that that you know, that helps um, when you're talking about a lot of things, but mama stuff, it helps to be able to visit in the mother tongue if need be. Yeah. Um, so again, once again, I want to thank you, Tara, and um, I've enjoyed and been educated today. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Thank you you're Dr. most Jennifer welcome. for this opportunity. My pleasure. And I hope um, everyone will join me next week when my guest will be abundance expert Moira Shepard. And we will be talking about how to return to your natural state of abundance and how to be good to yourself and activate that abundance. Also, please uh, stop by and like my Facebook page, which is Dr. Linda Santacola for show updates. And I leave you today with the words of Maya Angelou. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hi. 